section ten of the wit of women this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by gloria begaman somerville south carolina the wit of women by kate sanborn chapter eight part two the stilts of gold by meta victoria victor mrs mackerel sat in her little room back of her husband's grocery store trying to see through the evening gloom to finish the baby's pinafore she stitched away with a steady hand though her heart was sore to the very core to think of the troublesome little band there were seven or more and the trousers frocks and aprons they wore made and mended by her alone slave slave she said in a mournful tone and let us slave and contrive and fret i don't suppose we shall ever get a little home which is all our own with my own front door apart from the store and the smell of fish and tallow no more these words to herself she sadly spoke breaking the thread from the last set stitch when mackerel into her presence broke wife we're 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 wife we're we're rich we rich ha ha i'd like to see i'll pull your hair if you're fooling me oh don't love don't the letter is here you can read the news for yourself my dear the one who sent you that white crepe shawl there'll be no end to our gold he's dead you know you always would call him stingy because he didn't invite us to injy and i am his only heir tis said a million of pounds at the very least and pearls and diamonds likely beside mrs mackerel's spirits rose like yeast how lucky i married you mac she cried then the two broke forth into frantic glee a customer hearing the strange commotion peeped into the little back room and he was seized with the very natural notion that the mackerel family had gone insane so he ran away with might and main mac shook his partner by both her hands they dance they giggle they laugh they stare and now on his head the grocer stands dancing a jig with his feet in air remarkable feat for a man of his age who never had danced upon any stage but the highbridge stage when he set on top and whose green room had been a greengrocer's shop but that mrs mac should perform so well is not very strange if the tales they tell of her youthful days have any foundation but let that pass with her former life an opera girl may make a good wife if she happens to get such a nice situation a million pounds of solid gold one would have thought would have crushed them dead 
but dear they bobbed and curtsied and rolled like a couple of corks to a plummet of lead twas enough the soberest fancy to tickle to see the two mackerels in such a pickle it was three o'clock when they got to bed even then through mrs mackerel's head such gorgeous dreams went whirling away like a catherine wheel she declared next day that her brain seemed made of sparkles of fire shot off in spokes with a ruby tire mrs mackerel had ever been one of the upward tending kind regarded by husband and by kin as a female of very ambitious mind it had fretted her long and fretted her sore to live in the rear of the grocery store and several times she was heard to say she would sell her soul for a year and a day to the king of brimstone fire and pitch for the power and pleasure of being rich now her ambition had scope to work riches they say are a burden at best her onerous burden she did not shirk but carried it all with commendable zest leaving her husband with nothing in life but to smoke eat drink and obey his wife she built a house with a double front door a marble house in the modern style with silver planks in the entry floor and carpets of extra magnificent pile and in the hall in the usual manner a statue she said of the chaste diana though who it was chased her or whether they caught her or not she could really not say a carriage with curtains of yellow satin a coat of arms with these rare devices a mackerel sky and the starry pisces and underneath in the purest fish latin if fishybus flyabus they may reach the skyabus yet it was not in common affairs like these she showed her original powers of mind her soul was fired her ardor inspired to stand apart from the rest of mankind to be a number one her husband said at which she turned very angrily red for she couldn't endure the remotest hint of the grocery store and the mackerel's int weeks and months she plotted and planned to raise herself from the common level apart from even the few to stand who'd hundreds of thousands on which to revel her genius at last spread forth its wings stilts golden stilts are the very things i'll walk on stilts mrs mackerel cried in the height of her overtowering pride her husband timidly shook his head but she did not care for why as she said should the owner of more than a million pounds be going the rounds on the very same grounds as those low people she couldn't tell who they might keep a shop for all she knew she had a pair of the articles made of solid gold gorgeously overlaid 
with every color of precious stone which ever flashed in the indian zone she privately practiced many a day before she ventured from home at all she had lost her girlish skill and they say that she suffered many a fearful fall but pride is stubborn and she was bound on her golden stilts to go around three feet at least from the plebeian ground twas an exquisite day in the month of may that the stilts came out for a promenade their first entry was made on the shilling side of broadway the carmen whistled the boys went mad the omnibus drivers their horses stopped the chestnut roaster his chestnuts dropped the popper of corn no longer popped the daintiest dandies deigned to stare and even the heads of women fair were turned by the vision meeting them there the stilts they sparkled and flashed and shone like the tremulous lights of the frigid zone crimson and yellow and sapphire and green bright as the rainbows in summer seen while the lady she strode along between with a majesty too supremely serene for anything but an american queen a lady with jewels superb as those and wearing such very expensive clothes might certainly do whatever she chose and thus in despite of the jeering noise and the frantic delight of the little boys the stilts were a very decided success the creme de la creme paid profoundest attention the merchants clerks bowed in such wild excess when she entered their shops that they strained their spines and afterwards went into rapid declines the papers next day gave her flattering mention the wife of our highly esteemed fellow-citizen a mackerel of codfish square in this city scorning french fashions herself has hit on one so very piquant and stylish and pretty we trust our fair friends will consider it treason not to walk upon stilts by the close of the season mrs mackerel now was never seen out of her chamber day or night unless her stilts were along her mien was very imposing from such a height it imposed upon many a dazzled white who snuffed the perfume floating down from the rustling folds of her gorgeous gown but never could smell through these bouquets the fishy odor of former days she went on her golden stilts to pray which never became her better than then when her murmuring lips were heard to say thank god i am not as my fellow-men her pastor loved as a pastor might his house that was built on a golden rock he pointed it out as a shining light to the lesser lambs of his fleecy flock the stilts were a help to the church no doubt 
they kindled its self-expiring embers so that before the season was out it gained a dozen excellent members mrs mackerel gave a superb soiree standing on stilts to receive her guests the gaslights mimicked the glowing day so well that the birds in their flowery nests almost burst their beautiful breasts trilling away their musical stories in mrs mackerel's conservatories she received on stilts a distant bow was all the loftiest could attain though some of her friends she did allow to kiss the hem of her jewelled train one gentleman screamed himself quite hoarse requesting her to dance which of course couldn't be done on stilts as she haloed down to him rather scornfully the fact is when mackerel kept a shop his wife was very fond of a hop and now as the music swelled and rose she felt a tingling in her toes a restless tickling funny sensation which didn't agree with her exaltation when the maddened music was at its height and the waltz was wildest behold a sight the stilts began to hop and twirl like the saucy feet of a ballet girl and their haughty owner through the air was spin spin spinning everywhere everybody got out of the way to give the dangerous stilts fair play in every corner at every door with faces looking like unfilled blanks they watched the stilts at their airy pranks giving them unrequested the floor they never had glittered so bright before the light it flew in flashing splinters away from those burning revolving centers while the gems on the ladies flying skirts gave out their light in jets and spurts poor mackerel gazed in mute dismay at this unprecedented display oh stop love stop he cried at last but she only flew more wild and fast while the flutes and fiddles bugle and drum followed as if their time had come she went at such a bewildering pace nobody saw the lady's face but only a ring of emerald light from the crown she wore on that fatal night whether the stilts were propelling her or she the stilts none could aver around and around the magnificent hall mrs mackerel danced at her own grand ball as the twig is bent the trees inclined this must have been a case in kind what's in the blood will sometimes show round and around the wild stilts go it had been whispered many a time that when poor mac was in his prime keeping that little retail store he had fallen in love with a ballet girl who gave up fame's entrancing whirl 
to be his own and the world's no more she made him a faithful prudent wife ambitious however all her life could it be that the soft alluring waltz had carried her back to a former age making her memory play her false till she dreamed herself on the gaudy stage her crown a tinsel crown her guests the pit that gazes with praise and jests pride they say must have a fall mrs mackerel was very proud and now she danced at her own grand ball while the music swelled more fast and loud the gazers shuddered with mute affright for the stilts burned now with a bluish light while a glimmering phosphorescent glow did out of the ladies garments flow and what was that very peculiar smell fish or brimstone no one could tell stronger and stronger the odor grew and the stilts and the lady burned more blue round and around the long saloon while mackerel gazed in a partial swoon she approached the throng or circled from it with a flaming train like the last great comet till at length the crowd all groaned aloud for her exit she made from her own grand ball out of the window stilts and all none of the guests can really say how she looked when she vanished away some declare that she carried sail on a flying fish with a lambent tail and some are sure she went out of the room riding her stilts like a witch a broom while a phosphorescent odor followed her track be this as it may she never came back since then her friends of the gold fish fry are in a state of unpleasant suspense afraid that unless they unselfishly try to make better use of their dollars and cents to chasten their pride and their manners mend they may meet a similar shocking end just so by meta victoria victor a youth and maid one winter night were sitting in the corner his name were told was joshua white and hers was patience warner not much the pretty maiden said beside the young man sitting her cheeks were flushed a rosy red her eyes bent on her knitting nor could he guess what thoughts of him were to her bosom flocking as her fair fingers swift and slim flew round and round the stocking while as for joshua bashful youth his words grew few and fewer though all the time to tell the truth his chair edged nearer to her meantime her ball of yarn gave out she knit so fast and steady and he must give his aid no doubt to get another ready he held the skein of course the thread got tangled snarled and twisted have patience cried the artless maid to him who her assisted 
good chance was this for tongue-tied churl to shorten all palaver have patience cried he dearest girl and may i really have her the deed was done no more that night clicked needles in the corner and she is mrs joshua white that once was patience warner the inventor's wife by e t corbett it's easy to talk of the patience of job humph job had nothing to try him if he'd been married to bejah brown folks wouldn't have dared come nigh him trials indeed now i'll tell you what if you want to be sick of your life just come and change places with me a spell for i'm an inventor's wife and such inventions i'm never sure when i take up my coffee pot that bejah hain't been improvin it and it mayn't go off like a shot why didn't he make me a cradle once that would keep itself a rockin and didn't it pitch the baby out and wasn't his head bruised shockin and there was his patent peeler too a wonderful thing i'll say but it had one fault it never stopped till the apple was peeled away as for locks and clocks and mowin machines and reapers and all such trash why beeges invented heaps of them but they don't bring in no cash law that don't worry him not at all he's the aggravatinest man he'll set in his little workshop there and whistle and think and plan inventin a jews harp to go by steam or a new-fangled powder horn while the children's goin barefoot to school and the weeds is chokin our corn when bejah and me kept company he wasn't like this you know our folks all thought he was dreadful smart but that was years ago he was handsome as any picture then and he had such a glib bright way i never thought that a time would come when i'd rue my weddin day but when i've been forced to chop the wood and tend to the farm beside and look at bejah a settin there i've just dropped down and cried we lost the hull of our turnip crop while he was inventin a gun but i counted it one of my marcies when it bust before twas done so he turned it into a burglar alarm it ought to give thieves a fright twould scare an honest man out of his wits if he sought it off at night sometimes i wonder if bejah's crazy he does such curious things have i told you about his bedstead yet twas full of wheels and springs it had a key to wind it up and a clock face at the head all you did was to turn them hands and at any hour you said that bed got up and shook itself and bounced you on the floor and then shut up just like a box so you couldn't sleep any more while bejah he fixed it all complete and he sought it at half-past five but he hadn't more and got into it when dear me sakes alive them wheels began to whiz and whir i heerd a 
fearful snap and there was that bedstead with bija inside shut up just like a trap i screamed of course but twan't no use then i worked that hull long night a tryin to open the pesky thing at last i got in a fright i couldn't hear his voice inside and i thought he might be dyin so i took a crowbar and smashed it in there was bija peacefully lyin inventin a way to get out again that was all very well to say but i don't believe he'd have found it out if i'd left him in all day now since i've told you my story do you wonder i'm tired of life or think it strange i often wish i weren't an inventor's wife an unruffled bosom story of an old woman who knew washington by lizzie w champney an aged negress at her door is sittin in the sun her day of work is almost o'er her day of rest begun her face is black as darkest night her form is bent and thin and o'er her bony visage tight is stretched her wrinkled skin her dress is scant and mean yet still about her ebon face there flows a soft and creamy frill of costly mechlin lace what means the contrast strange and wide its like is seldom seen a pauper's aged face beside the laces of a queen her mien is stately proud and high and yet her look is kind and the calm light within her eye speaks an unruffled mind dar comes another ob dem tramps she mumbles low in wrath i know da sleek centennial chaps quick as dey mounts de path a axin ob a lady's age i tink is impolite and when dey gins to interview i disremembers quite dar was dat spruce photometer dat tried to take my head and mr squibbs de porterer wrote down each word i said six hundred years i twat it was or else it was sixteen yes i'd shook hands wid washington and likewise general green i tole him all de general's names dar ever was i guess from general lee and lafayette to general distress den dars dem high-flown ladies my old tings came to see wanted to buy dem some heirlooms of real antiquity says i dat isn't dis child's name dey calls me auntie scraggs and den i axed em by de pound how much dey gabe for rags de missionary had de most insurance of dem all he told me i was ole and said liebs had dar time to fall he simply wished to ax he said as pastor and as friend if wid unruffled bosom i approached my latter end now how he knew dat story i should mightily like to know i clare to goodness massa guy if dat ain't really you you say dat in your wash i sent you only one white vest 
and as you's passin by you tot you'd call and get de rest now massa guy about your shirts at least it seems to me dat you is more particular dan what you used to be your family pride is stiff as starch your blood is mighty blue i never spares de indigo to make your shirts so too i uses candle ends and wax and satin gloss and paints until your wristbands shine like to de pathway of de saints but when a gemman sends to me eight white vests every week a stain of har oil on each one i tinks it's time to speak when snarled around a button dars a golden r or so dat young man's goin to be wed or something's wrong i know you needn't laugh and turn it off by axing bout my cap you didn't use to know nice lace and never cared a snap what twas a lady wore but folks would teach and learn a lot and dey do say miss bella buys de best dat's to be got but if you really want to know i don't mind telling you just how come by dis year lace it's curious but it's true my mother washed for washington when i weren't mourned dat tall i cut one of his shirt frills off to dress my corncob doll and when de general saw de shirt he just was mad enough to tink he got to hold review without his best dutch ruff mam said she load it was de calf dat had done chawed it off but when de general heard dat ar he answered with a scoff he said de marks warn't done of teef but plainly dose ob shears and den he showed her to de do and cuffed me on ye years and when my mam arrived at home she stretched me cross her lap den took de lace away from me and sewed it on her cap and when i dies i hope dat day wid it my shroud will trim den when we meets on judgment day i'll give it back to him so dat's my story massa guy maybe i's little wit but i has learned to when i'm wrong make a clean breast of it den keep a conscience smooth and white you can't if much you flirt and an unruffled bosom like de general's sunday shirt hat ulster and all by charlotte fisk bates john verity's experience i saw the congregation rise and in it to my great surprise a cosseth covered head i looked and looked and looked again to make quite sure my sight was plain then to myself i said that fellow surely is a jew to whom the christian faith is new nor is it strange indeed if used to wear his hat in church his manners leave him in the lurch upon a change of creed joining my friend on going out conjecture soon was put to rout by smothered laugh of his ha ha too good too good no jew dear fellow but miss moll carew good christian that she is 
bad blunder all i have to say it is a most unchristian way to rig miss moll carew she has my hat my cut of hair just such an ulster as i wear and heaven knows what else too auction extraordinary by lucretia davidson i dreamed a dream in the midst of my slumber and as fast as i dreamed it it came into numbers my thoughts ran along in such beautiful meter i'm sure i ne'er saw any poetry sweeter it seemed that a law had been recently made that a tax on old bachelors pates should be laid and in order to make them all willing to marry the tax was as large as a man could well carry the bachelors grumbled and said twas no use twas horrid injustice and horrid abuse and declared that to save their own heart's blood from spilling of such a vile tax they would not pay a shilling but the rulers determined them still to pursue so they set all the old bachelors up at vendue a crier was sent through the town to and fro to rattle his bell and a trumpet to blow and to call out to all he might meet in his way ho forty old bachelors sold here to-day and presently all the old maids in the town each in her very best bonnet and gown from thirty to sixty fair plain red and pale of every description all flocked to the sale the auctioneer then in his labor began and called out aloud as he held up a man how much for a bachelor who wants to buy in a twink every maiden responsed ay ay in short at a highly extravagant price the bachelors were all sold off in trice and forty old maidens some younger some older each lugged an old bachelor home on her shoulder a appeal for r to the sextant by arabella wilson o sextant of the meetin house which sweeps and dusts or is supposed to and makes fires and lights the gas and sometimes leaves a screw loose in which case it smells awful worse than lamp-isle and rings the bell and tolls it when men dies to the grief of survivin pardners and sweeps paths and for these services gets one hundred per annum which them that thinks dear let em try it gettin up before starlit in all weathers and kindlin fires when the weather is as cold as zero and like as not green wood for kindlins i wouldn't be hired to do it for no sum but o oh, sextant there are one commodity worth more than gold which don't cost nothin worth more than anything except the soul of man i mean pure r sextant i mean pure r oh it is plenty out of doors so plenty it don't know what on 
earth to do with itself but flies about scattering leaves and blowing off men's hats in short it's just as free as our outdoors but o oh, sextant in our church it's scarce as piety scarce as bank bills when agents beg for missions which some say is pretty often tain't nothin to me what i give ain't nothin to nobody but o oh, sextant you ship five hundred men women and children specially the latter up in a tight place some has bad breaths none of em ain't too sweet some is fevery some is scrofless some has bad teeth and some hain't none and some ain't over clean but every one of em breathes in and out and in say fifty times a minute or one million and a half breaths an hour now how long will a church full of r last at that rate i ask you say fifteen minutes and then what's to be did why then they must breath it all over again and then again and so on till each has took it down at least ten times and let it up again and what's more the same individual don't have the privilege of breathing his own r and no one else each one must take whatever comes to him oh sextant don't you know our lungs is belluses to blow the fire of life and keep it from going out and how can belluses blow without wind and ain't wind r i put it to your conscience r is the same to us as milk to babies or water is to fish or pendulums to clocks or roots and herbs unto an injun doctor or little pills unto an omopath or bows to girls r is for us to breathe what signifies who preaches if i can't breathe what's pull what's polis to sinners who are dead dead for want of breath why sextant when we die it's only cause we can't breathe no more that's all and now o oh sextant let me beg of you to let a little r into our church pure r is certain proper for the pews and do it weekdays and on sundays too it ain't much trouble only make a hole and then the r will come in of itself it love to come in where it can get warm and oh how it will rouse the people up and spare it up the preacher and stop garps and yorns and fidgets as effectual as wind on the dry bones the prophet tells of end of section ten